Good to be here this morning talking about hope. Hope is both huge and small at the same time. It's that silent smile when you felt like giving up. It's that brilliant sunrise after a night of wondering if your heart will keep beating. It's the sweet, I love you, mommy, after a long day. That single purple crocus that surprises you with its beautiful color in the early spring, early days of spring. These little gifts are huge. They bring life and hope, and sometimes the reason to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Each one of us was knit together in our mother's womb and placed strategically on this earth for such a time as this. We were wired to hope. We thrive in life when we are filled with hope, and when we don't have it, we're crushed. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But it also says that our flesh rests confident and secure in hope. Hope is not just a pretty little idea or a wishful whim, but it is a confident expectation that God is going to do what he promised. It's a deep knowing that God will prevail. God will come through. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is assurance of things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen. John Piper wrote that Abraham was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. In other words, he had the full assurance of hope. Abraham was too old to have a child, and his wife was barren. But biblical hope is never based on what is possible with man. Biblical hope looks away from man to the promise of God. And when it does, it becomes the full assurance of hope, the expectation of great things from God. In April, uh, my daughter's goat, Cadbury, was due to have her first kids. We were all really looking forward to the birth, especially Mackenzie. We could feel the babies kicking in Cadbury's stomach the days leading up to her due date. But despite a valiant effort, Cadbury birthed three little stillborn baby goats. Seeing my daughter's expectations crushed was overwhelming. In the disappointment, we were processing. We were asking questions. If it's this hard, is it still worth doing? Why would God let this happen when we prayed so much for this? Is God trustworthy? But hope looks away from the disappointment of the stillborn goats and turns to the goodness and faithfulness of God. So as Mackenzie was processing... She texted me a few days later from school, actually, and she said she went to the Bible in her disappointment, and she was reading through Lamentations, and she found a verse that jumped out at her, and it gave her a lot of comfort. And it said this, For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love, for he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. In that, she realized that God was really with her in that, in that time, and um, he was hearing her and comforting her. So it's in these hard moments like these where if we hold close to God, he shows his love, and our trust in him deepens. Hebrews 6.18 says, So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart, 
to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. An unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. And where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us, he is now and forever our royal priest like Melchizedek. And in Romans 5, 3 to 5 says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. As we press through trials, when we feel we cannot go another step or feel like we can't even lift our head, trust in the Lord. Know that he is with you. He will help you and he is proud of you. He's cheering you on, saying, well done. Keep going. Keep your head up. Keep stepping. Keep believing. You are growing in strength. You are becoming steadfast with every step. Through it all, you will be filled with that deep, unshakable, God-given hope, that confident expectation that you will overcome. You will see breakthrough. And because it's Mother's Day, today we think about our kids. We think about the challenges they're facing in these days, and it's worrying to think of how they will cope with it all. The truth is, God has planned and purposed each one to be here for this time in history. He's building in them a skill set and a posture to be his servants. And C.S. Lewis wrote, um, he said, hope is one of the theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things a Christian is meant to do. It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most of the present world, or did most for the present world, were just those who thought most of the next. So thanks, guys, and I'm going to pass this on to Janie. Thank you. She's such an amazing woman of God, amazing mother. Uh, we didn't really confirm with one another what we were going to speak just a little bit, so it's kind of neat how God is putting this together. But um, the title of what God put on my heart is Hope in the Midst of Hard Times. And I just wanted to share a little bit of my testimony. So in the beginning of the year, um, I usually ask God for a word. So Amid the uncertainty, and almost a year after COVID, I'm thinking, surely this has got to end soon. And I get this message from the Lord, and he says, uh, new challenges, new strength, and new victories, but this is going to be a season of hard. So just before 
the events I'm going to share, I was uh, talking to my granddaughter, Isaiah, uh, one day about life. And she jumps up on this big rock. And she goes, Grandma, all you have to do is stand on the rock. And then shortly after that, these videos started popping up on my cell phone. And they were uh, pictures of waves crashing into rocks. And then my daughter sent me a song called Standing on the Rock. And I had a friend, actually, she said, I saw you not just standing on a rock, but you're actually tethered to the rock. So in November of 2019, my 93-year-old dad decided to move, which I thought would kill him. He just, uh, we just got him moved in, and then COVID hit, and we weren't allowed to visit. His health was failing. He was diagnosed with uh, intestinal cancer. And in the midst of that, he goes to Mexico. <laughs> um, he comes back and ended up in the hospice. Didn't like hospice, so he recovered enough to go home. And at the same time, I was working in the church. I was taking over for Caitlin with um, the kids' ministry in, during her sabbatical. And there was the shutdown. That's when we started the online church. And for me, technology is not my gift. <laughs> so it was difficult. It was a huge stretch for me. My sister-in-law was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. In tw July 2020, my dad passed away. And it was a really difficult thing for the family. Planning a funeral during COVID was stressful. The day after my dad died, I was called to the hospital for a CAT scan on my head. And they found something. And they wanted to do an MRI. So waiting for the results was hard. Dealing with my dad's death was hard. Um, and then I was told I had a brain tumor, <laughs> which was hard. So then uh, shortly after that, in January, my beautiful, vibrant young sister-in-law passed away from pancreatic cancer. Watching her in her last days was hard. Feeling the pain of her family and walking through that time with them was hard. Planning another funeral in, mid in the midst of COVID with even more restrictions was hard. Going back to work was hard and living with COVID rules was hard. So in fact, my life was just hard. So wave after wave came crashing into me, but the rock is immovable. When your rock is Jesus, you are safe. And we will not be moved in the midst of hard times. I was given a picture of a graph, like uh, up and down. So when we're happy, it goes up. When we're sad, it goes down. So we're all happy today because we're here in the parking lot. And then we're going to be sad because we're going to have to go home and we can't get out of our cars and, and hug each other. And then we get encouraged by a friend and it goes up again. And then we listen to the news and it drops down. When our eyes are focused on our circumstances, we are up and down. And the intensity of up and down can be exhausting. Then I saw a picture of like a hospital screen where you've got the heartbeat and then the flat line. And usually a flat line means you've died. <laughs> But God's been showing me the more I die to self, the more I live in hope and peace. The more I keep my eyes on Jesus, those extreme peaks of up and down and valleys become gentle waves. And the reason I have the lows is because I'm not trusting him. I had to confess my belief and my unbelief and thinking God is not big enough. Knowing him brings settling and hope in the midst of the storm. And in Mark 37, 41, there's this story. It says, And a furious storm 
of wind of hurricane proportions arose, and the waves kept be beating into the boat so that it was already coming, becoming filled. But he, Jesus, himself was in the stern of the boat, asleep on a leather cushion. And they woke him and said, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush now, be still. And the wind ceased, sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating. And there was immediate, a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. And he said to them, Why are you so timid and fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they were filled with this great awe and fear, exceedingly saying one to another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? How could Jesus sleep in a boat when the winds of hurricane proportions are tossing the boat? Seasoned fishermen are fearing for their lives. It's because Jesus knew his father. He knew his mission, and he knew where he was headed. I love the new... Uh, chosen series that has come out because it's really opened up to me the humanity of Jesus or he felt pain he was exhausted he had sore feet and sore muscles physically and mentally he gave it all to the point of sweating blood from a young boy he was learning about his father he was learning the scriptures he was being prepared for the mission ahead Jesus memorized scriptures and knew them well in the midst of this hurricane, Jesus knew what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 41.10 that says, Fear not. There is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look at the terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. And he knew Psalm 23, 4 that says, Yes, though I walk through the deep and sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort me. This is why Jesus could sleep. He fully trusted his father. He had prepared himself through study and a relationship to his father for this day and for days to come. And he was also being prepared for that day that would become his most difficult yet the walk of the cross. So we, I feel like we need to get, this is what God is telling me, that we need to get into the word and pray and know our Father and not give up when things are hard. There's a Bible app on the Version Bible app called A Boat in the Middle of a Lake, Trusting the God Who Meets Us in Our Storm. And this is a quote from that. It says, if not for the storm, they would never discover the goodness, power, and faithfulness of God who walks with us. Without fear, they would never know faith. Without hurt, they would never know hope. Some lessons we can only learn in the midst of chaos. The disciples were astounded that Jesus could speak to the wind and the waves. Mark's account in 441 says, They were filled with great awe and feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They saw a new side of Jesus that they never saw before. And they wouldn't have seen it if they hadn't been, hadn't been for the reality of that storm. So in our hard times, we can see a different side of Jesus. We see his power. We see our flesh and our weakness and inability to handle the hard things. But we learn to walk in a greater level of trust that we never had before. He is preparing us for something greater. And Romans 8, 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us 
for us and conferred on us. We will be amazed at what God can do in us, through us, when we walk through the storm with him. Look at Peter who got out of the boat and walked on water. His eyes were fixed on Jesus. He could do that. So where does our hope come from? It comes from the Lord. Yes, things are hard, but in this season of challenges, we will press into him. We will, he will give us new strength that we never thought we had before. We will see new victories that will astound us. We will see a new side of Jesus. We will see the power of God that will cause us to think differently from our God. Who is he that commands the wind and the sea? He is bigger than our circumstances and more powerful than we believe. He is preparing us, church, for great things to come. So don't quicken the heart because you are being prepared. And we need to say, not my will be done, but yours. We will gain a greater revelation of who he really is. Yes, it's hard, but it's also glorious. We want to walk in that power. So Lord, the Lord will give us strength to walk through that time on earth and fulfill our God-given purpose. Lord, I just want to pray for those who are feeling hopeless right now. Stir them up, Lord, to see and gaze into the eyes of the hope giver, the one who is and is to come, the beginning and the end, who at the very mention of his name shall tremble and every knee shall bow, the name that is above every other name. Strengthen the arms that hang down. Put a tenacity in us, Lord, for with your anointing and your power to accomplish great things. Come, Holy Spirit, now and fill us. His love is so great. His promise, he promises to walk with us and go before us and never leave us or forsake us. I'm just going to end with this scripture verse uh, from the Passion Translation, and then Chris Kenna is going to come up. So Romans 8, 37, 39 says, Yet, even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So now live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I am convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us, beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from the passionate love which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Amen. We'll have Chris come up. Good morning. First of all, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, because if you pushed a human being out of your body, you deserve to be, whoa, yes! <laughs> So, um, you know, if you didn't push one of them out and you are a spiritual mom, you deserve to be lifted up too. Because you know what? In the natural and in the spirit, we have to wipe up a lot of crap as mothers. And yes. <laughs> so um, this morning, our, our message is hope. And uh, I have a, a chicken story for you. And if you know me and all my friends that know me, you know you're going to get a chicken story, right? <laughs> but you know what? I have some friends that give me chicken stories, and they say, are your chickens called chicken nugget? Frank, you know who you are? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> so this chicken story, by the way, Frank has a wonderful wife called Christina. She's amazing. If you haven't met her, you gotta you gotta meet her. <laughs> yep. Um, so this chicken story is gonna be entitled My Chickens Get a New Door. And so I, I got a new old new patio door and I put it in my chicken coop. And you know, wow. So now I drive up to my chicken coop and I can actually see what's going on on the inside of that coop. And I, I get up there and like the chickens are at the window and their little necks are like, they see me and their necks are like going and they're like, like body slamming each other. Like, and, and I'm looking at them, I'm thinking, oh, you're so cute. But you know what I'm looking at them, I'm thinking, I know what you want. And I am so going to give it to you because, yes, I am the good chicken mom. And here you go. Open the door and they're out. And they're getting bugs. And they're getting sunshine. <laughs> but, you know, I thought, that is so, isn't that hope? Hope is mom's here and she's going to let me out. They know that I'm going to do that for them. But you know what? There's also another side. They could choose to not be hopeful. And they could be like, you know what? I don't know if I want to go out today because, you know, there might be danger out there. There like, might be a fox or there was a dog once, you know, might still be there. Or, you know, ah, maybe, maybe she's not going to open the door today. <laughs> so I'll just sit here and I'm just not going to. I'm not going to be hopeful for that. You know, I just like, I'm happy here. But you know what? My chickens are not like that. They're hopeful chickens. So I think we all need to be hopeful chickens, right? <laughs> okay. So I, like I said, I want to um, be sure to say a few things um, because I, you know, need to say some things that are intelligent. So I, I wrote this down. I was like, oh, God, help me. And Brian and I were praying and, and he says, you know, you'll be all right. I'm like, yeah. But so I went around with a pen and a paper and I'm like, oh God, you need to transform me into a female Stephen Furtag so that people will know that I'm good. <laughs> but I like, I'm not, that is not going to happen to me. <laughs> so you get me. <laughs> so I wrote these things down because, you know, so I wrote this. Hope is in the realm of the mind. How I think. It is the helmet of salvation, according to Ephesians 6.17. It is me who has to change how I think. I must preach hope to myself. Romans 12.2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? I want to encourage you to wake up and say today, will be a good day. No matter what I see, no matter what it's been like the last five years, today is going to be a good day because I am saying it's going to be a good day and I'm expecting that it will be a good day. I'm going to expect that today. You know, um, Brian and I were in Florida a few years ago and I was in the mall and it was probably rainy. That's why I was in the mall, right? <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> so we're in the mall, and this lady is in the, one of the stores. And I walked by, and I, and I kind of, my eye caught her. And I thought, wow, she's like a beautiful black lady. 
and she is so well put together. I'm like, wow, that's really amazing. Uh, I just, she caught my eye. And then what happened was I, I got this little nudge, and it was like this. Go into the store and tell her she's going to have a good day today. It's going to be a good day. And I was like, nope, nope, can't do that. Yes, can't do that. No, yes, no. All right, I'll do it. I'll just do that. So I, I walked in the store, and I looked at her, and I'm like, uh, you're going to have a good day today. <sighs> and she looked at me, and her eyes filled up with tears, and they rolled down her cheeks, and she fell in my arms, actually. And she said to me, nothing good ever happens to me. And you know, when she said that, my heart broke. And I was like, oh, nobody ever ought to feel this way. And she said to me, I am from a generation of slaves. And today, I am being treated like a slave. And I was like, oh, what do you say to someone that is hopeless? And I, and I started telling her that your hope can be in Jesus. If you meet Jesus, he can be your hope. And, you know, I said a lot more things to her than that. But it did something to me. What it did to me was it made me realize that it doesn't matter what a person looks like on the outside. On the inside, people are hopeless. And if they don't have Christ, they haven't got a whole lot of hope. You need to have Christ to have hope. So that was like, you know, just an experience I had. And so in this whole thing, I was like, God, what do you want me to share? So I woke up in a couple of days ago, 4.14. And when I woke up, I was wide awake. And let me tell you, wide awake, that's not in my vocabulary in the middle of the night. Like, I am the log. And so 4.14, I'm lying there, and I'm thinking, oh, why am I awake? Hello, why am I awake? <laughs> and so what happens is I'm lying there and I'm thinking about this game that I used to play with my children. And this game, my mom brought it, so it's a generational game. <laughs> and so how this game used to go when they were children was I would set them on my lap and I would bounce them up and down. And I would say, bumpy road. And then I would, my legs would go this way, and it would be like a smooth road. And then I would open them up, and they would fall in the hole. And I would yell, hole in the road. <laughs> and of course, them having the wild mum that they had, the game got wild. <laughs> and one time they looked at me and said, mom, are you going to let us go? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I will never let you go. But I'm going to tell you something. You need to hold on to me, too. And you need to make eye contact with me. Because as soon as you stop having eye contact with me, then I know this game is over. You're not having fun anymore if you're not looking at me and holding on to me. So we would kind of go along. And they would say all of a sudden, it was like, oh, mom, do more bumps. I'm like, 
telling me what to do, right? So I'm like, no, 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 no. You do not get to tell me what's going to happen. You have to be prepared. <laughs> Poor kids, eh? <laughs> you have to be prepared. And so I'm lying there and I'm thinking, you know what? Isn't this just like life? You know? It's going along all kind of smooth and everything. And then all of a sudden, there's like a bump. And then all of a sudden, there's like this big hole. And I'm not making light of it because it's of this, this game. You know, sometimes these bumps are pretty massive in our lives. We can come out with shattered teeth devastation in our lives. We can fall in holes and come out, uh, you know, in a wheelchair. Like I'm saying, like I'm, these things really are bad. But, you know, I just thought... God, you need to help us. And so I'm lying there and I'm thinking, I'm not sure if I fell asleep or not. But all of a sudden I had this impression. And what happened was, I was that little girl. And all of a sudden I was sitting on Jesus' lap. And I was looking, holding on to him and looking into his eyes. And all of a sudden, what happened was he stood up. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? He changed the game. All of a sudden, the game changed because I was holding his hands and I was looking in his eyes. And he stood up and I went into the atmosphere and I began to feel like I was flying through the air. And what happened was as I was going through the air, I could feel the bumps underneath me. And those bumps weren't that bad. And I could feel those hole underneath me. And that hole wasn't all that bad. And then I began to realize, God, are you talking to me? And I, 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 I okay, now I'm reading. I got Isaiah 40, 31, and it says this, those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. Hello. Aho. Are you talking to me? Could this be what you're showing me? Are you telling me that when I focus on you and hang on to you, I will rise into another level, like a spiritual level where eagles soar? Will I have a bird's eye view and see my circumstances somewhat differently? Will it be quieter up there? Maybe a place where the noise of my problems are quieter and I will be able to hear what he wants me to know so that my thoughts and my mouth will speak a different message than what I see? Will I find some relief from the pressures of my bumps and life holes because I am riding on a wind and soaring now with him? Is it in this place that I get the continual strength to endure God's bumps and holes? Yeah, it is. Because when you change the way you think and you choose to choose him and put your hope in him, he brings you into a different dimension and you begin to soar like an eagle according to Isaiah 40, 31. You know, let's change our way that we think. And the way we can change the way we think is by putting our eyes on him and hanging on to him, getting to know him, 
getting to know him personally and reading the word of God. You know, I just want to pray. Father, I ask that you would help us to hang on to you and keep our eyes on you and not lose sight of who you are, that we would understand the super, super supernatural that comes as we put hope in you, solely in you. Help us to discipline ourselves to spend more time with you, knowing your written word. You are our hope, and without you, there is nothing but hopelessness. Like that lady that I met in the mall, you know what, she doesn't realize but what happened was God kept her ancestors alive long enough so that in her generation she would be born and she would get to know Jesus and she would break off that hopelessness in her generation and start walking in hope. That was so fantastic. I felt like she should drop the mic, hey? Like, woo, like, hello. That's going to be my new favorite thing to say. Hello. Are you listening? Are you listening to God? Hello. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much uh, to our amazing and beautiful elders, Cheryl and Janie and Chris, for sharing that powerful word. Yes, 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 yes. I love the dynamic of the different thoughts that they each brought. I just love that because you know that it's the Spirit of God because He weaves things together so beautifully, doesn't He? You know, He's just that creator. He just weaves it together and just makes the words so beautiful. And so I just want to pray for us before we head out today because if you are a woman, if you're a mom, we want to honor you and bless you, and I want to pray over you today. But as I do, I, I want to say this isn't that we're pushing down men, because we want to honor and bless them just as much. Let's stand in unity in these days where we need hope, where we need to change our thinking, right? Where we need hope to rise up in us. And let's start right here, right in your vehicle, right in your living room, wherever you are. I pray that you would just reach your hands out and just direct them to the person that's beside you, that's around you, and let's just pray. Jesus, thank you, Lord God, that you are the hope giver, that you don't just give us a little tiny bit of hope, but you pour it out. You are lavish with it. And so we just ask, Father, that you would anoint each one that's engaged with us today, Lord God. Change their minds. Renew their minds, Lord God. Let us rewire our thinking so that we don't see the darkness, but we see the light. Let us be light bearers, light bringers. Let light be spoken out of our mouths, Lord God. Let start in our mind that the hope of the world that is you Jesus Christ let that be what is just communicated and shared Lord God be the light be the hope Lord God and as we bless those around us Lord God we ask that you bless them Lord Jesus by the power of your name Lord God there is no name more beautiful there is no name more powerful and so we ask that in your name that you would bless Lord Jesus a anoint us to be light bearers and light bringers to our community. And Father, a special blessing and anointing upon our women, upon our moms, our spiritual moms, our biological moms, our adoptive moms, our foster moms. We just thank you, God, that this is your plan. This is your strategy. 
This is your strategy to love families through parents. And so we just honor and bless those moms. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here with us today.